Before I get going this morning, I want to let you know of what we're going to be entering into uh, the next four weeks or so. We're going to be looking, we're going to be going fishing. Um, we're going to be looking at the gospel fishing stories that we, that we read in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Um, I know some of you have got some pretty, probably fantastic fishing stories. Maybe you've stretched them, the truth a little bit over the years. Um, but these stories in the Gospels are pretty amazing, and we're going to look at them and, and uh, find out what we can learn from them. And so that's going to begin next week. Um, but we're in, we're in, we're finishing up this series on, on I Believe, and we're going to be talking about the Holy Spirit uh, this morning. But it's funny how, it's funny how, you know, we get used to doing something, and then things change. That ever happened to you? You get used to doing something, and then things change. Well, up until about 10 years ago, people in Vidalia and the surrounding areas, perhaps some of you, we're used to doing something a particular way, and then things changed. But first, let me give you some background. Uh, my father grew up in the big city of Oak Park. Um, <laughs> yes, he made it out of Oak Park. Um, yeah. <laughs> his, um, his mother, my grandmother, um, Miss Nan's not here, but uh, she tells people to call her Nanny. That's what I called my grandmother. She was Nanny. Um, but uh, she lived in the same house that my dad grew up in, in Oak Park, up until the time that our family had to put her in the, in the Bethany home in Vidalia, which was about seven years ago, which was because it was the same time that I moved to Vidalia. But my family, would, we would often come to Oak Park to visit my grandmother um, for, for Thanksgiving and for Christmas. And, you know, the big city that Oak Park is, you had to go somewhere else to go get something to eat, right? And so we would often go into Lyons and Vidalia to get something to eat. And I would remember when we would do that, occasionally my dad would, would, would talk about the strip, the strip in Vidalia. Um, and some of you know what I'm talking about. Uh, I know lots of you go to Vidalia for, to see doctors. Maybe, you know, you've grown up in the area and you've had to go to Vidalia for things. But the strip in Vidalia is Highway 280 going from Lines to Vidalia. And uh, teenagers on Friday and Saturday night would just drive the strip up and down, waste a lot of gas. That was when gas was a lot cheaper, um, just for the heck of it. That's what we call entertainment in the South, um, is driving the strip. But I said, uh, people were used to doing something a particular way, and then things changed. About 10 years ago, the city of Idalia decided to split 280. Uh, as you get closer to downtown, into two one-ways. Some of you are a little familiar with downtown Vidalia. For folks like me who came into Vidalia, it wasn't a big deal. But for those who grew up in Vidalia, it was a major change. It's something they had to get used to. In my seven-plus years, uh, seven or so years in Vidalia, I saw a handful of people turn down the one-way the wrong way. Uh, most of the time, it was an elderly uh, driver who I imagine had been making that turn because it was a legal turn for about 30 or 40 years, and they just couldn't get used to it. Occasionally, you see a semi-truck make the wrong turn, and I don't care um, what the sign says, uh, whatever way that truck is going, that's the right way. They, they've got the right of way. Now, there are signs that were clearly marking those one-ways. 
They had plenty of signs. You couldn't miss them unless you weren't looking for them. You couldn't miss them unless you were looking for them. You see, I think we need help sometimes seeing what is right in front of us. We need help seeing what sometimes uh, and who we sometimes overlook. And that's what I believe our text is all about this morning. For me, the take-home point from our scripture is this, that the Holy Spirit gives us eyes to see the unseen. The Holy Spirit gives us eyes to see the unseen. Now, at the time of our scripture, we're probably a few days past Pentecost where God sent the gift of his Holy Spirit on followers of Christ. And Peter has given this eloquent sermon all about it, explaining what happened and explaining to people that they need to repent of their sins and turn to Jesus. And now in chapter 3, we read about a time that Peter and John are going to the temple to pray. Our scripture says, verse 2 and 3, Now a man who was lame from birth was being carried to the temple gate called Beautiful, where he was put every day to beg from those going into the temple courts. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money. There's a couple things going on here. The gate Beautiful was one of the temple gates that you would go to uh, when you went to the temple. It was one of the entrances. And at the entrance of the temple... The lame and others who found themselves with physical defects were placed there to beg for help and for money. This man had been lame from birth. He couldn't work. He couldn't provide for himself. He had to rely on the charity and the kindness and the generosity of others to make ends meet. It's also important to note that the belief of that time was that the rich had a responsibility to the poor. Their wealth was on loan from God, and they had a responsibility to help to take care of those who were in need. But as is too often in our day, I can imagine that far too many people passed this man at the beautiful gate without giving him a thing. I'm willing to bet that more people than not passed this man and never even realized that he was sitting there. Who knows how many days during the week he went there, and probably for most of his life. He had probably become such a fixture at this gate that people didn't even realize that he was there. Can you imagine all of the things that this man must have seen as he sat there at this gate? He probably saw young parents bringing their children to the temple to pray. He probably saw those religious leaders dressed to the nines going into the temple. He had to have seen all those money changers and all all the business that went on in the temple that made Jesus so upset that he turned over the tables. He must have seen and talked to the other people who were lame, who were blind, who were covered up with leprosy. But look at what our scripture says in verse 4 and 5. Peter looked straight at him, as did John. Then Peter said, look at us. So the man gave them his attention, expecting to get something from them. I wonder how many times Peter and John had seen this man before this day. How many times had they and the other disciples, along with Jesus, passed by this man on the way to the temple? Maybe they seen him, and maybe they had given him some of the change out of their pockets. 
Or maybe they passed by and didn't do anything. Maybe they passed by him and didn't even see him. But the scripture says that Peter and John looked straight at him. It's no no accident that, that Peter and John saw this man. They really saw him. Because that's what the Holy Spirit does. The Holy Spirit gives us eyes to see the unseen. Through the Holy Spirit given at Pentecost, Peter and John had been given new eyesight. They saw this man. They really saw him as a human being. They saw him as a human being, a child of God, a creation of God. They didn't ignore him. They didn't look past him. They didn't look over him. They didn't look down on him. They looked at him. They saw him. They had eyes to see what was unseen. And not only did they they see this lame man, but they wanted the lame man to see them. Peter says, look at us. I think Peter wanted this man to know that they really saw him. What a shock that must have been for that man. How many countless times had people just passed him by, just dropped a few coins in his cup and went on their way into the temple? I bet this man could count on one hand how many people had actually stopped and had a conversation with him. Oh, here's your money today. See ya. How many times, I bet on one hand they could, he could count, how many people had really seen him? Peter tells this man to look at them because what Peter and John were going to say and do were beyond anything this man expected. Our scripture says that the man, he was expecting something from them. He was expecting something from them, but I don't think he was expecting what he got. Verse 6 and 7 describe the scene. Then Peter said, Silver or gold I do not have, but what I do have I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. Taking him by the right hand, he helped him up. Instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. Can you just imagine? Can you imagine? Think about some of you who, who maybe struggle just getting around. No others who struggle just to get around. And suddenly, feet, ankles, and legs become strong. Here's this man who was expecting a, a, a few coins. Just a, a few coins to help him make it through another day. He's just trying to get to the next day. And now he's given something that will last forever. This man who had been unable to walk for his entire life was now able to stand on his own two feet. He was healed. And by declaring the healing in the name of Jesus, Peter and John are saying that they are continuing the ministry of Jesus. And that's what the book of Acts is all about. That followers of Jesus, Peter, John, the disciples, the apostles, you and me, we are to continue the ministry of Jesus. Just as Jesus was concerned for the least of society, we're to be as well. And the Spirit gives us the eyes to see the unseen. And wouldn't you agree that the lowest in our society are often the ones unseen? 
the lame, the elderly, the sick, the homeless, widows, single parents, the abused, are all, for the most part, unseen and ignored, just like the man at the temple. We've got to ask God to give us eyes to see the unseen for the willingness to, and the, for the willingness to do something to help. And, and Peter and John show us that they're not limited, that we are not limited by our resources. We're not limited by the resources we have or don't have. We may not always have money or possessions to give to help, but when we have the Holy Spirit, we always have something to give. We can always give an encouraging word. We can always give our time. We can always give a listening ear. We can always stop and give our attention to the least of our society. I want you just a moment, just to, just to think. I guarantee you someone will pop in your head of who's the least of your society. Someone who is in need of an encouraging word. Someone who's shut in. Someone who's sick. Someone who is maybe helpless. And ask God to give you the eyes to see them. To really, really see them. When the Spirit gives us eyes to see the unseen and we stop to help the least and the overlooked in our society, we can count on the fact that the eyes of those around us will be opened up. Listen to what happened after the lame man was healed. When all the, the people saw him walking and praising God, they recognized him as the same man who used to sit begging at the temple gate called Beautiful. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. Some of these people had been coming to the temple every day. Probably overlooked this lame man countless times. They could not ignore him anymore. He was a walking miracle. Their eyes were, were beginning to be opened. For the first time, the people saw this man as more than just a beggar. You see, when we're given eyes to see the unseen and when we do something to help, people will take notice. That's not why we do it, but people will take notice. And when we help, they will see. Others will see and they will be left wondering, what happened? Why did you do that? Why are you helping that person? And we'll be able to say, let me tell you about a man named Jesus. He's who I serve and he's why I help. He's why I'm able to see the unseen. The Spirit gives us eyes to see the unseen. We've got to realize that those in our community who ask for help are more than just beggars. They're more than just sick. They're more than just helpless. They're more than just homeless. They're more than just lazy. They're more than just abused. They are children of God. They are His creation and we need to have eyes to see them as such. So after this healing, the scripture says that the people are left wanting more. They are filled with wonder and amazement. All because two faithful followers of Jesus, filled with the Holy Spirit, were able to see the unseen and they chose to do something about it. Just imagine if you and I together 
filled with the Holy Spirit, had eyes to see the unseen and did something about it, what would happen? What would happen? May we pray that the Spirit would give us all the eyes to see the unseen. Amen.